This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Inshallah Ta'ala, I'll give everyone just a couple of seconds or a few seconds to log on. So I've got some good news and bad news for y'all while uh, I'm waiting for everyone to log on. The good news is I'm really enjoying um, getting into the depth of these ayat. The bad news is we probably won't finish them before Ramadan. <laughs> so we might have to continue this a little bit after Ramadan, inshallah ta'ala, just to get them done. Uh, or at least to do justice, somewhat do justice to this topic. All right. So, uh, Yesterday, we talked about and we talked about this idea of people that walk with a, uh, with, with a great sense of humility and that bring rahmah to the environment around them, that have a calming effect in the environment around them. And we said that this sort of refers to the default of the believer, the way that the believer carries themselves. And then the second part of this is when they are addressed by the ignorant, they say salam, they respond with peace. And so there's absolutely uh, nothing that would take them out of their elements and, and nothing that would phase them. Now, this this part of the ayah uh, is a deep part of the ayah as well. Of course, everything about this is deep. But the first quality that we spoke about last night was humility. Atawalur. The second quality, which is addressed in وَإِذَا خَطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِدُونَ قَالُوا salama is what the scholars say is actually the hardest quality to attain, the hardest good characteristic, and that is the quality of hilm, which is uh, forbearance. Okay, so it's easy to be patient, or it's never easy to be patient, but it's easier to be patient with uh, things that cannot be attributed to people when harm cannot be attributed to people than it is when there's someone that's being abrasive or uh, there's a person in front of you or someone that you could attribute that to, okay, whether that's online or on site, all right? It's a lot harder when there is a face to the harm that's being caused uh, to you or to the ignorance that's being spewed uh, your way. So the quality is called hilm. The quality is called forbearance, and it is a fruit of humility, okay? So a person maintains humility, and this is a fruit that comes out from uh, from the tree of humility, Uh so you can't have this quality without humility is what the ulama mentioned. And because of that, it's important for us to go by the order which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. And so that's something that as we go through these uh, qualities, it's important for us to just sort of restate the basis. The basis is ibadur rahman We connect to ar-Rahman. Once we connect to ar-Rahman, we uh, emanate that rahmah to everything around us and to every situation. And this type of rahmah here, which is hilm, which is forbearance, is a quality that cannot uh, be had without humility. So what does this mean? Um, that you have to be composed and have a mild presence in order to be forbearing. There's no way that you're going to be able to achieve forbearance if you're not someone that learns the art of co- composure, right? Someone that's able to hold yourself together 
and that generally has a mild presence. Now, by the way, even the Prophet Sallallahu sometimes expressed anger and sometimes the Prophet Sallallahu um, you know, uh, diverted from his usual. And the thing is, is that when it's not the norm for you to express anger, when it's not the norm for you to uh, show your dissatisfaction and your displeasure, that means that people will take your anger more seriously. Whereas when you're hot tempered, it's just like, oh God, we just don't want to make that person upset again because they're always upset and we don't feel like dealing with uh, with them being upset. And so with the Prophet wasallam, he was the most humble person. He was the most patient person, the most forbearing person. And so when he became angry, it's like the Arabs say, الحليم, that you fear the anger of the forbearing one because when a uh, person is generally forbearing and they become angry, uh, that could mean that the anger is going to be severe. Now, in the case of the Prophet Sallallahu his anger was never out of bounds. And that's part of his perfection, alayhi salatu wasalam. But it's a balance that we should seek to achieve in our lives. So anyway, let's talk about this quality of forbearance. And how do we know that it's the highest uh, trait, the highest characteristic? The Prophet said, That verily knowledge is through seeking knowledge, uh, meaning if you want to attain knowledge, you study to attain knowledge. And forbearance is through practicing forbearance. You practice patience in your day-to-day, and that helps you have greater patience when greater tragedies strike. Uh, Forbearance is patience with people, and so you learn to deal with the minor annoyances on a regular basis. And as you learn to deal with those minor annoyances on a regular basis, then you can maintain composure in the face of major annoyances, right? So the scholars say that the reason why the Prophet mentioned hilm here, forbearance, the quality of composure and forbearance, is because it is the most difficult uh, quality uh, to attain. And so by saying that it is attainable, the Prophet ﷺ is saying that any good quality is attainable through practice. And generally speaking, you'll find that as people practice uh, tazkiyah and as people grow, um, people are able people are able to gain many good qualities. But there are very few people that are able to do away with a bad temper. There are very few people that are able to actually grow from uh, from, from having. Um, you know, a generally uh, harsh presence. And in fact, one of the problems is that sometimes they bring that into the deen as well, and that becomes extremely harmful uh, to others. So anyway, This is a verse that's also mistranslated many times because the word jahl, though understood as ignorance, uh, is speaking about a different type of ignorance. Jahl is synonymous with ghadab in, the, in Arabic poetry. Uh, which is anger, a hot temper. And so you'll often find that in um, in, in old uh, shi'r, in old poetry, the word jahal is used not to describe ignorance in regards to uh, a person not having ilm, a person not knowing, but ignorance in regards to a person who acts foolish. Okay, so a person who has a hot temper. Um, and this is uh, very common. And this is what the context of this ayah is. When Allah Azza says jahilun here, uh, it's in that meaning, as opposed to الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Those that know, don't know better, it's people that act uh, with a hot temper and people that are foolish. So it's not talking about uneducated people, it's talking about rude people, okay? Um, Allah Azza wa also says, for example, uh, in Surah Al-Qasas, something very similar, verse uh, 55, 
uh, Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا اللَّغْوَ أَعْرَضُوا عَنْهُ وَقَالُوا لَنَا أَعْمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَعْمَالُكُمْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ لَا نَبْتَغِي الْجَاهِلِينَ When they hear any vain talk, they turn away from it. أَعْرَضُوا عَنْهُ They turn away from it. And they respond and they say, لَنَا أَعْمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَعْمَالُكُمْ To you belong your deeds and to us belong our deeds. سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ Peace be unto you. We do not desire to act like the ignorant. Some of the scholars, they say that uh, this is referring to an incident where, <clears throat> and I'll probably talk about this in detail, maybe sometime after Ramadan, because it's a powerful incident. But there is a group of about 20 Christians that had come to Mecca from Habasha, from Ethiopia, to meet the Prophet And when the Prophet وسلم, recited the Quran to them, uh, they started to cry out of, uh, out of belief and out of being moved from recognition that this was the scripture that was the continuation of the message of Isa Islam, the message of Jesus, peace be upon him. And they confirmed it and they, uh, they, they said, فَكْتُبْنَ مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ uh, you know, they asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to write them from amongst those who have borne witness. And so because of that, and this is, of course, the context of some of the ayat, according to many of the scholars in Surah Al-Ma'idah, about the Christians that uh, recognize the truth, that hear the, that heard the message of the Prophet Sallallahu like Najashi in Ethiopia, uh, the ruler of Ethiopia. And when they heard the Qur'an being recited, they said, this is it. And they removed and they accepted Islam. And so some of the, uh, the, the scholars, they say that... Um, this is referring to the verse in Surah Al-Qasas that is referring to when, th- when those Christians accepted Islam, Abu Jahal and some of the Quraysh uh, went to them and started to mock them, okay? And they started to taunt them as they would taunt the people of, uh, of, of Mecca. And that group of 20 Christians from Ethiopia that now had become Muslim, uh, they responded and they said, look, you know, لَنَا أَعْمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَعْمَالُكُمْ which is like لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ وَلِيَدِينَ Look, we have our ways, you have your ways. Assalamun uh, alaikum, peace be on to you. Uh, we don't want to be amongst the foolish. We're okay. You know, we're just not going to engage this type of behavior. And so this was a way of them to, to basically say to Abu Jahal and to the ignorant that, look, we're just, we're not interested. You guys can go ahead and continue to taunt and continue to say what, you, what you're going to say. Uh, but that's not the behavior that we accept for ourselves. And we're just going to pass. Okay, so... Uh, basically uh, not feeding the trolls. And the trolls in this case are Abu Jahal and his ilk uh, in Mecca uh, taunting them. So again, some of the scholars of tafsir will mention this as the context of that. Uh, there's, of course, another ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, mentions uh, to, uh, to keep to forgiveness and to enjoy in kindness and to turn away from the ignorant. Uh, this ayah... Um, this ayah speaks to uh, another incident, to turn away from the ignorant, keep to forgiveness, al-afu, wa'mur bil-ma'ruf, to enjoin kindness and to turn away from the ignorant. Uh, this refers to an incident, according to the Mufassirun, a man by the name of Uyayna ibn Husn ibn Hudayfa. Uyayna uh, ibn Husn. He stayed with his nephew, uh, Al-Hur ibn Qais, and this was one of the people that was close to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu because he was one of the hifad and the qurra of Quran. Of, of Quran. And so because of that, Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu would keep him near. He would listen to him. And Uyayna came to visit him and he said to his nephew, Al-Hurr ibn Qais, he said, you're close to this man, uh, Umar, you're close to uh, the Khalifa. 
let me meet him because I want to ask him something. Okay? So Al-Hur, he said, okay, well, let me get permission from Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He got permission from the Khalifa. Al-Hur brings around his uncle, Uyayna bin Hisan. Uyayna enters into Umar and he says, into the house of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu, and he says, Yabn al-Khattab, you have not given us our share, nor have you ruled with justice. Okay, <laughs> you imagine how embarrassed Al-Hur ibn Qais was uh, to, to bring his uncle to visit Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and talk about an awkward moment, right? You know, I brought you to visit the Khalifa, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And we know the strength of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And this is what you do to embarrass me, right? And Al-Hur ibn Qais is close to Umar, he loves Umar, and he doesn't want to fall out of favor with Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So uh, he brings his uncle, not knowing what his uncle Uyayna is going to say, and Uyayna accuses Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu of being unjust and not giving our share. Of course, this was a ploy uh, to move Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu to give him some extra to basically shut his mouth. Except Umar radiallahu anhu was a man of integrity, and uh, he understood the tactic. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu got up, and he was he was upset. He was angry. And... Uh, uh, so Al-Hur, he said to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, uh, he said, look, uh, this uncle is one, this uncle of mine is one of the fools. He's one of those ignorant people, those jahileen. And he recited to Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, خُذِ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْمَعْرُوفُ وَأَعْرِضُ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ Look, just show forgiveness and enjoin good and turn away uh, from the foolish. And so when Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, heard that Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu simply just calmed down and he ignored Uriyayna altogether and just dismissed him from the home. Okay, so not uh, not sabab al nuzul here, not the uh, obviously the reason for revelation as this is after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But one of the ways that this ayah was applied uh, very famously in the case of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu telling him, look, don't worry about these people, right? These are people that do not uh, that that are not trying to. Uh, do anything except for provoke you and instigate something. So just turn away from them, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. Basically, they're not worth your time. Now, uh, there's a lot to dissect here. Okay, so these are some of the stories of three ayat that refer to the same concept of basically responding to al-jahileen, which we said are not people that are ignorant in terms of their knowledge. We're not talking about the Bedouins that didn't have the best etiquette when they came to the Prophet or didn't you know understand things when they ask questions? We're talking about people that are foolish, that are instigators, that are hot-tempered, that are annoying, that are trying to shake you, trying to mess with you, trying to troll you. Okay, and uh, three ayat that all say the same thing, which is respond with salam, respond with peace. Now, salam is supposed to be tahiyatul uh, Islam. It's supposed to be a greeting and tarheeb. It's a way that you welcome someone. But this salam, the ulama say, is salam al-mutaraka wa-i'rad. It is uh, salam mutaraka wa-i'rad, which means it's the salam of actually ending a conversation. Okay, This is not the salam of uh, welcome and let's talk. It's the salam of, you know, it's literally peace out. It's it's salam out. We're, we're done. I'm not going to engage this conversation. I'm not going to touch this. And it's your way of saying that I'm not interested in this. Okay, I'm not interested in... Uh, this type of discourse, I'm not interested in this behavior, and moving on, okay, just salam. Uh, so this is a different type of salam, and it's also important, as I said yesterday, um, that these ayat are not used to excuse the acceptance of zulm, the acceptance of oppression. 
These are, you know, this is talking about khitab. This is talking about people that just make rude comments. Your, your average uh, ignorant folks, people that are, that are, that are uh, abrasive, people that, you know, uh, annoy you, people that, uh, that, that observe just habitual uh, forms of, 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 uh, of messing with people and trying to get in your head. This is not talking about uh, accepting vulm, okay? Because uh, we should not accept oppression for ourselves. We should not accept oppression for ourselves. This is not letting people um, get in your head or get in your elements or, or shake you out of your element, mess with you, whatever it may be. All right. So this is what is being spoken about here. It's a different. Uh, it's a different context altogether. Basically, people who try to provoke you do not let them in your heart or mind. Just be gone. All right. I'm not going to engage this. I am not going to entertain this because when someone is trying to provoke you, they are, uh, if, if they get your attention and they pull you into uh, their, their level or down to their level, they get you to stoop to their level, they win. They just want you there. Okay. And there are many different narrations about this from the Salaf. Uh, the Salaf have books that have been written about how to deal with trolls. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to know how to deal with trolls, um, you can find uh, the, the books of uh, you know that, that talk about people like Hassan al Basri, rahimahullah taala, uh, you know who would send fruits to the gatherings that would backbite him because he would say, "I have nothing to repay you, uh, repay you with uh, in, in in this dunya except for these fruits, uh, for the ajr that you're giving me in the hereafter, for the good deeds that you're giving me in the hereafter." So all I could find was some fruits. So uh, maybe if someone's trolling, you know, you just you, you send some fruit emojis or something like that. I don't know if that would count. But the point is, is that you find books about the Salaf and how they responded to people that were abrasive, not abusive in, in, a, in a way that actually means qabul uh, al or to accept uh, oppression or harm. But again, people that are just, you know, rude, unnecessarily rude. And, um, you know, there are a few instances that I'll quote here, inshallah ta'ala. And I'll start off with Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Um, if you're watching the Angels uh, series, then there's that incident where Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, stood up and responded when he and the Prophet sallallahu were dealing with these people of jahl, with people who were foolish and people that had foul, uh, foul mouths. Um, and Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu did not like that the Prophet sallallahu uh, you know, witnessed such a thing. So he, he eventually was provoked uh, to a point that he responded in like manner. Now, there's another incident where Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu to show you who Abu Bakr is, um, you know, he was he was sitting in the masjid, and this is during his khilafah, and a man walks in, and he starts uh, yelling and cursing and using foul language towards him. Okay, so Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is the khalifa, and this man starts to use uh, large, uh, uh, this uh, foul language with him. And in fact, the instance I'm going to quote are about khulafa. Why? Because... These are people in authority. So if they wanted to punish and, uh, and take revenge uh, upon the ignorant people that treated them in such a way, uh, they could do so without having to worry about repercussions, right? So the fact that a person could be an authority and could still show humility in this way is important to take note of because sometimes we show patience or we don't respond to those that are abrasive or foolish because we're afraid of the repercussions. So if you're the Khalifa, you're not afraid of anybody. Okay, so Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is sitting in the masjid and a man comes up to him and he starts to curse, he starts to yell. So Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he just got up and he walked away. 
And the man said to him, Yabna Abi Kuhafa iyaka arni. He said, Oh, son of Abi Abi Kuhafa, I'm talking to you. All right, so I'm not talking to anyone else. So don't get up and walk away from me. Iyaka arni. I'm talking about you. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, Wa'anka u'rud. And I'm turning away from you. Okay, so he said, I'm talking to you. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, And I'm ignoring you, you know, very intentionally. Uh, the man uh, said to him that uh, that I will curse you in a way, uh, I will curse you in a way that will follow you to your grave, meaning I'm going to humiliate you, I'm going to embarrass you, and I'm going to say things to you and about you that people will know, you know, horrible things, they'll say horrible things about you even after you die. Okay, so he's threatening him. He's saying, you know, you you wait. Uh, I will curse you in a way that it will follow you to your grave. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, responded and he said, listen, He said, if you do that, the curses and the foul language and the things that you say will enter you with your grave. They won't enter. Uh, they, they will enter with you into your grave, meaning the sins of that. They're not going to enter with me into my grave. I'm okay. Say whatever you want to say. You're going to curse. Curse. You're going to use foul language. Use foul language. Uh, so the man um, says to him after that, he said, if you say one word to me, one more word to me, if you say to me one more word, then you will hear 10 words back from me. Meaning, I dare you to open your mouth again. Right. So the man is just trying any way to get into Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu's head. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, and he said, and if you say 10 more words to me, 10 more statements to me, you're not going to hear a single one back from me. I'm not going to engage. <laughs> Subhanallah. So Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu basically walks out of the message and this man is fuming that he wasn't able to get in his head, that the more he instigated, the more he provoked, the more Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu told him, look, I'm not interested. Salam, peace. Uh, you you do your thing. You go ahead and say what you have to say. Uh, it's not going to it's not going to shake me. Subhanallah. It's a beautiful uh, a beautiful incident because who would punish Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu if he were to respond to this man in like manner? There's another incident uh, of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah ta'ala. Again, Khalifa, uh, a Khalifa known for justice, a Khalifa known for nobility, a Khalifa who was very loved by the people. And Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah is walking into the masjid and he's going to give the khutbah and he trips over a man. And, uh, you know, as he's just getting to the manbar, the pulpit, and the man uh, says to him, are you crazy? Are you a majnoon? Are you crazy? So he, he speaks to him really roughly and he starts to verbally uh, abuse him. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz just keeps on walking uh, to the, or Umar ibn Abdul Aziz turns around first and he says, uh, no, la, uh, and that's it. No, I'm not crazy. I'm not a majnoon. And he simply walks to the manbar to give his khutbah. As Umar ibn Abdul Aziz is getting to the khutbah, he sees that some people are getting up and they're about to trash this man. They're about to beat him up and throw him out of the masjid for the way that he talked to Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahimahullah ta'ala. And Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahimahullah ta'ala, comes running back to them and he says, what are you doing? They said, ya amir al-mu'mineen, didn't you hear what he said to you? He said, yes. And uh, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz said, didn't you hear what I responded? They said, yes. He said, he asked me a question. I answered his question. He told me, he asked me if I was crazy and I told him I'm not crazy. 
So just leave him alone. SubhanAllah. So these are people in authority that are demonstrating what it means uh, to just uh, to, to step away, to step away, to maintain composure in the face of foolishness. Okay. Uh, numerous incidents. Uh, you know, one of my favorite ones, uh, Imam Abu Hanif, rahimahullah ta'ala, um, was teaching and, uh, a f- you know, as they were going through the opinions, Imam Abu Hanif, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, Akhtar al-Hasan. He said, al-Hasan al-Basri, uh, radiyallahu ta'ala, anhu sayyidu tabi'een, uh, he made a mistake. Akhta al-Hasan. Al-Hasan made a mistake. And this was just in the capacity of looking through opinions, judging opinions. And as he said that, a man stood up in the masjid and he told him, Yabna uh, Zaniya, which means you, you son of an adulteress, right? I mean, that's the, the worst thing that you could say to a person. He says, are you saying, you are saying Akhta al-Hasan? You're saying that al-Hasan made a mistake? And the man stormed out of the masjid. Imam Abu Hanif, rahimahullah, he just continued and he looked completely unfazed. He said, uh, Naam, Akhta al-Hasan. He said, Al-Hasan made a mistake. And Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu was right on the uh, on this issue. He was right on this mas'ala and he continued to teach. Okay. Uh, the beauty of that, of course, by the way, Ibn Mas'ud is a sahabi radiallahu anhu. Al-Hasan Basri is the greatest of the tabi'een. Uh, had the man shown patience, he would have heard the completion of Abu Hanifa's sentence. But instead, he chose to use that language and simply... Uh, bolted out of the masjid and Imam Abu Hanif rahimahullah ta'ala maintained his composure and he simply moved on. Um, this is not just with uh, verbal words, okay? If someone writes something to you or someone writes something about you or someone says something about you behind your back or whatever it is, right? The point of this, Ibadul Rahman, is that you don't descend to their level. Why? Because you are too focused on Ar-Rahman to be worried about the, uh, the, 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 the provocation of shaitan. Okay. Uh, shaitan is trying to provoke me through this person and I'm trying to gain the love of Ar-Rahman. And so a person, again, while, while walking on the earth lightly, treading the earth lightly, when they are appro- uh, addressed by the foolish, they simply say salam, they just move on. You have to connect those two things together. Now, there are a few things that can come out uh, as a result of this, as a consequence of this, inshallah ta'ala. And uh, I want to speak to that, inshallah ta'ala, and then we'll conclude for the night. Number one, the Prophet ﷺ said that strength uh, is not uh, in the ability to overcome someone else, but, but strength instead, the greatest strength is the one who, uh, who is able to control themselves when their anger uh, takes over. And so the greatest strength is composure. There is no greater strength than the strength of composure, being able to maintain your composure. And the Prophet is the greatest example of that. Okay. Anas ibn Malik who says, you know, just witnessed so many things the Prophet went through, the way he was treated, alayhi salatu wasalam. Um, and Anas ibn Malik was, was completely blown away by the character of the Prophet. He remembered the Prophet simply walking one day and a Bedouin man comes to him again, someone who's, who's ignorant and who's harsh. And he started to pull the, 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 uh, the cloak of the Prophet and he said, Give me from what Allah gave to you. And he said, The way he pulled it, he left marks on the neck of the Prophet. And uh, Anas was shocked. And he said the Prophet simply took it off and gave it to him. He didn't, I mean, it did not phase him. And so the greatest strength is composure. 
when you're able to maintain composure. Composure in the face of just people that are foolish and not worth your time. And that's actually the point here. This is not talking about major oppression and, uh, and seeking recourse in the face of oppression. This is talking about people that seek to provoke, that instigate, that seek to, uh, that seek to, to shake you uh, and seek to get you out of your element. And that is something that the shaitan wants to happen because if he can get you out of your element, then he can get you to do things that you typically would not do. And if those things that you do uh, in those moments of being out of your element uh, take you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then his goal is to sort of keep you in that place. So to get you to drop down, to stoop, and then to get you to stay at a lower level, one that's not befitting uh, to you, uh, especially should you seek to be from Ibadul Rahman, should you seek to be uh, from those who are counted from the servants of the Most Merciful. Uh, and I'll, I'll end with a, a couple of thoughts. Someone mentioned um, after last night, they said, look, you know, personalities are different. Uh, what about Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu? Okay. Uh, would, could you say Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu yamshuna al-ardi hona used to walk, tread the earth lightly? Well, yes. Because Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, uh, the, what caused people to be afraid of Umar or what made people nervous about Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was not if they said something uh, uh, to him, but if they did something that was disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what made people nervous about Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was sin. Uh, in the same way that what made people nervous or shy in the presence of Uthman radiallahu anhu was his good, what made people nervous around Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu was their own sins. And Umar radiallahu anhu did not tolerate uh, the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, you know, a, a child could tell Umar, ittaqillah, fear Allah, and Umar radiallahu anhu would start crying. Anyone could make Umar radiallahu anhu cry. This huge man, right, that was... When you say treading the earth lightly, by all means, physically speaking, Umar radiallahu anhu shook the ground when he walked because of his physical stature. But if you said to Umar radiallahu anhu, ittaqillah, fear Allah, then he would, he would melt, okay, and say, what did I do? Why? And he would pay attention. And he was uh, easy to be held accountable in that sense, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So what made people nervous about Umar radiallahu anhu was that the shaitan would not be on the same path as Umar. So again, that's different. And that's not what's being spoken about here in the capacity of Ibad al-Rahman, okay, in the capacity of the servants of the Most Merciful. Uh, it's a different type of, it's a different type of, of, of uh, walking lightly um, on the earth um, and, and, uh, and not having a heavy presence, okay? So what made people nervous about Umar radiallahu anhu was their own sins, just as what made people nervous about Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was just the elevated standard of his nobility, of his akhlaq, of his character to where people just wanted to honor him and wanted to treat him in a certain way. And the last thing I'll say here is, well, wait a minute, you know, um, doesn't this mean that you're likely going to be taken advantage of at times that people are going to get away with saying certain things to you and doing certain things? Uh, and, uh, you know, you're going to feel humiliated. SubhanAllah, I mean, the reality of the situation is, yes, there are going to be times where you're going to feel like you had to hold yourself. Okay. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just, it's going to appear unjust. And as I said, this is not to tolerate volume, not to tolerate oppression. But the point of this is that a person will be elevated in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that a person will, uh, will, will endure, okay, uh, some of the things that just come with the territory. There are times, however, there are times 
where um, it's important to stand up to a bully in particular because that bully, if he gets away with bullying you, then he'll continue to bully others. Those that, that happens. And that is, uh, you know, that's, that's a judgment call and something to be uh, thought about. Um, You know, if, if this bad behavior is tolerated here, uh, is there a system, a pattern behind it? So for example, if you're thinking about Muslims as a minority, um, these are not people that are foul towards them, uh, you know, like an Islamophobe in public. They're not foul towards them because that's just a bad quality that they have with everyone. But they particularly treat Muslims with a certain disdain or they're racist and they particularly treat black people or, or, or Latinos uh, in a certain way. Or, or they uh, treat uh, other religious groups, you know, uh, with a certain disdain, Sikhs or Jews or whatever it is. Right. That's different. OK. Uh, because that's targeting a group of people. Uh, Al-Jahilun here are just people that are just, you know, that are just rude with everybody. They're the opposite of Ibadul Rahman that bring uh, calmness and that um, remove the tension from an environment. They are people that inherently bring just uh, discomfort and try to instigate and are just always foul and rude. So sometimes, sometimes, not for the sake of yourself. And that's where the, that's where the hard part of this is. Uh, if you're responding from an Afsani place, from a place of yourself, because of your ego, uh, then you've lost it. All right. You've lost out on the reward. But if you're responding from a place of protecting your brothers and sisters, that's noble. Okay. So just as Omar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, some of the incidents of Omar might be mistaken as being in contradiction with those that tread the earth lightly. Uh, likewise, sometimes humility, uh, you know, or, or fighting back, right, or, you know, or, or checking someone in public even uh, could be mistaken as contradicting. Uh, you never become one of them. You never become as foul as them. You never resort to their level. But if you act not from a place of nafs, but from a place of protecting someone else, um, because you could see how this could get worse, that's different. Okay, so. Uh, by all means, it's important to make these distinctions and the Quran speaks to the default and there are exceptions to all of these things, right? There are exceptions to these things. So uh, do not misinterpret uh, these qualities that are noble and that are that speak to default circumstances and then misapply them in a way that could cause harm. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from Ibadul Rahman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those that, uh, that, that walk the earth lightly that are always connected to the rahmah of rahman the mercy of the most merciful, and that emanate that to everything around us. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us when we uh, depart from those ideals. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to never allow us to stoop to the level of those that play the role of shayateen al-ins in our lives, of devils amongst uh, mankind that seek to instigate and that seeks to provoke. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to always act in accordance with his sight, and not the sight of others. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khairan. I'll see you all tomorrow night, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.